Hey there, how are ya? Do you need a hand there? Oh, can I sneak right past you? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, excuse me. No, 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 you're fine. No worries. There's nice. And then there's Midwest nice, right? Grab a cup of coffee. We'll talk about it. Hey, there's more than corn happening across the Midwest this week. Thanks for clicking play. You're listening to the More Than Corn podcast, the Midwest podcast. I'm your host, Kim Lang. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay, we are past Halloween and now we're into the Thanksgiving season. And again, I just want to say thanks for listening. I'm very thankful for those of you who click play on the podcast and give it a listen. All right. Are you ready for this? Okay, the Farmer's Almanac came out for 2024. I'm sure it's been out for a little while, but I just picked mine up the other day. Uh, And in it has the ever-famous winter weather predictions by zones um, all across the country. Okay, here we go. Generally speaking, the Midwest is going to do what the Midwest does. That means it's going to be cold in some places. It's going to be not so cold in other places. Some places may get a lot of snow. Some may get a medium amount of snow. Some may not get some snow at all. Who knows? It's the Midwest. So that is pretty much spot on for around here. But incidentally, that actually is not their forecast at all. <laughs> I'm just telling you that I I appreciate what the Farmer's Almanac does, but, but truly the Midwest is just going to do what the Midwest does. So that means that we can pretty much count on Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan being ridiculously cold. And we can probably count on some decent snow there as well. You usually can. Iowa's going to get pretty cold and they'll have, you know, probably some decent chances for snow. The mid and southern parts of the Midwest. I mean, you know, you never know. You could get a cold, snowy one or you might not get a cold and snowy one. But Missouri, Illinois, Indiana and Ohio all tend to be like the most unpredictable weather-wise, because we always seem to be like on that line of, is it going to get cold? Is it not going to get cold? Is it going to snow? Is it not going to get snow? And the one thing I love that meteorologists always say is, is, well, it always depends on how this snow is going to track. It may track a little further to the north. It may track a little further to the south. I can remember a couple years ago having to drive my kid back to north central Indiana for school and along the, what is it? I don't know because it's three hours, but it's like 160 some miles. I had rain, ice and snow. It was a complete mixed bag. So <laughs> so that's what we get here in the Midwest. That being said, though, it's time to prepare for in- eventualities, the snowpocalypses, the snowmageddons, whatever you want to call them. Every single storm prediction, people run out for the bread, the eggs, and the milk. I don't know why just those three things, but that seems to be the way it works. So you got to make sure that you can at least make waffles and pancakes when it's snowing. And you have to make sure that the snow blowers and the snow shovels are in working order because when the snow flies, Midwesterners like a nice clean driveway and they're more than willing to help their neighbors clean off their driveways too. So, you know, it's a nice thing to do. Um, 
because, you know, we're nice like that. In fact, they say Midwesterners are some of the nicest people around. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that. Stick around. There are a lot of stereotypes of Americans like, you know, you have the East Coast where they say they're nice, but not friendly or you're friendly, but not nice. And then there's like Southern hospitality and, you know, there's like relaxed West Coast kind of stuff. And the the way the Midwest is usually described as being Midwest nice. Um, some of these stereotypes are right. Some of them are wrong. Some of them are somewhere in between, but a lot of it comes from, you know, a person who heard it from a person who's been there. But a lot of times it's just made up by people who have never been there and their perception is made up of something different. For example, say, you know, a goofy sitcom that's set in the middle of Indiana, in the middle of a cornfield. And so everybody gets their idea of what Indiana is like from that sitcom. Or it's like this one, you know, all Midwesterners are country rubes. Not that we're bitter, but we're not country rubes. So just so that you know. And there are great people all across the United States. But what does it mean to be Midwest nice? Well, it's a double-edged sword, to be honest with you. There is an, a, a definition in the Urban Dictionary that focuses on one side of the sword where Midwesterners are characterized as using passive aggressiveness as a way of dealing with annoying people and confrontation. And I mean, largely they're not wrong. I mean, that is part of who we are. We want to make our frustrations known, but we want to be as civil as possible about it with as friendly and understanding as can be achieved. So, but then there's the other side of the sword where we're characterized as friendly and nice and helpful. Okay, so I'm going to demonstrate this for you. All right, so we'll say something like, you're fine, which could mean on one side of the sword, you're annoying me right now. Or it could mean you're fine. Don't worry about it. We could say, let me check my calendar, you know, it could mean, oh, God, now I got to think of a way of getting out of this thing. Or it could mean, let me check my calendar. I'll get back to you. Take your time could mean, wow, you are slow. Let's keep it moving here. Or it could mean, seriously, take your time. It's a big decision. No rush. In the end, in your heart of hearts, you know which side of the sword that you're on in any given situation as long as you're paying attention. But for the sake of today's episode, I wanted to focus on the side of the sword that describes us as genuinely nice, friendly, and helpful, because really, I think we are. <laughs> Not that I am biased or, you know, have a definite opinion about it. <laughs> All right. So Minnesotans are described as very neighborly people. Okay. They'll help out a stranger. If you get stuck in the snow, someone's coming to your rescue. No questions asked. They are loyal people to their friends, their families, their sports teams. And yes, they all know how tough it is to be Vikings fans, but they love their Vikings. Um, and so they have their own, you know, it's Midwest nice, Minnesota nice, right? Wisconsinites 
are a very proud and very friendly bunch. Packers, Badgers, Brewers, they love their sports teams. Go Pack. Um, Wisconsinites will also strike up a conversation with you. They want to get to know you, want to get to know more about you, want to tell you all about Wisconsin and their sports teams. <laughs> um, they'll also come out with their snowblower and help you get that driveway taken care of so you can get in and watch the game because that's priority number one. So right there, you can always count on that. And even though the rest of the country thinks that everyone in Iowa l- legit like thinks everybody lives on a farm and that there are zero cities in the entire state of Iowa, which there are cities in Iowa. Um, Iowans consider themselves friendly wherever you live, whether you live in one of those Iowan cities or the country. They um, Iowans are described as very easy to talk to as well as being very courteous drivers. So if you need to squeeze into traffic, an Iowan will slow down and let you in. I'm, you know, like, but Iowa is mostly known for their caucuses. We all know that, right? But I think one of the coolest things that comes out of Iowa is at the University of Iowa. And since 2017, at the end of the first quarter of, you know, the home games there, fans, teams, coaches, everyone at Kinnick Stadium takes a moment to turn around and face the Iowa Stead Family um, Children's Hospital that overlooks the stadium. And everybody gives a big wave and hello to the kids, to the patients and the parents who are watching the games from the giant glass windows that overlook the stadium. And um, if you've ever seen it on TV, it really is like a, it's just one of the coolest things you've ever seen. And honestly, I don't think it can get any friendlier than that. Would you say, you know, Missourians are unassuming people and extremely friendly. You can count on people who live in Missouri to be ready to say hello and have a smile on their face at any moment. They are considered to be truly genuine people and are actually interested in what you have to say. Huh, go figure. <laughs> in the state of Illinois, it is true, Chicago is probably our biggest city here in the Midwest, and it can actually claim the title of being the friendliest big city in the United States. It knocks New York City, you know, Miami, L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, it knocks all of them out of the water because it's a Midwest city. It's a big city, but it's a Midwest city. And so people are largely friendly there. They're always happy to see you and make you feel welcome. You know, and I mean, that's not just in Chicago. That's in the rest of the state, too. It's a big state. Um, There are lots of towns and cities across the state, and they're just, you know, genuinely nice, friendly folks. Same thing, most of the people, um, I mean, you know, you, you probably when you think of Michigan, you think of Detroit, um, but there is so much more to the state besides just Detroit. And living in Michigan is described as feeling like you're living in small town America, wherever you're living. So everyone has this very relaxed and easygoing way about them. You know, it just kind of lends itself to the slower pace of life. There's no rush. They like to enjoy their day. Random acts of kindness and great sense of humor are mainstays throughout the state of Michigan. 
No matter where you are, you can find people who are friendly and willing to lend a hand. Okay, so during last week's episode, I had a whole segment where we talked about hating in Ohio because I had seen all the stuff online. There's like all these memes and all this stuff about how, you know, Ohio is the worst state ever to live in and it's awful. And and actually, I think I might have been wrong. Um, I said it was the 11th most populated state. It actually might be the 7th most populated state. We have a lot of people living here in Ohio, but that's not the point. The point is, is that... Um, you know, whether you hate Ohio or not, and I'm thinking maybe it's not so much a hating thing as it is a jealousy thing. <laughs> because the other research that I did for this episode shows that the consensus is, is that Ohioans actually are extremely friendly people and they tend to be very positive and have a great sense of humor. So we are well mannered and we're always willing to give out-of-town visitors' recommendations on where to go, where to eat, fun places to check out. Ohioans are described as easy to talk to. It's not uncommon. Um, and I mean, I've done this myself, and I've seen it myself. You know, it's not uncommon to be standing in the grocery store line, you know, with eight people deep, and suddenly you all are just talking about, you know, whatever's going on, you know, or in a concession, st- a concession stand line at, you know, one of the games, you know, you're talking about the game, you're talking about what's going well, what's not going well, you know, it's a way to just talk to folks and pass the time while you're waiting in line and get to know people and, you know, happens anywhere you go, really. And last but not least, if you haven't heard of a thing called Hoosier Hospitality, it is a thing. So I I have lived in Ohio for a long time now, but I am a Hoosier girl. You can take the girl out of the Hoosier state, but you can't take the Hoosier state out of the girl. And as I was going um, through this and kind of like finding, you know, information, like, because I wanted to make my notes and I wanted to be organized and I wanted to know what I was going to say today. And as I was reading this, I was like, yeah, actually, that is a really good description of Hoosiers. And of course, in past episodes, we've talked about what a Hoosier is. Nobody really knows what a Hoosier is. Nobody really knows. I mean, there are a couple of theories about where the term Hoosier came from, but Hoosier hospitality is definitely a thing. So new to the neighborhood? Yeah, you're getting a baked good. Welcome to the neighborhood for sure. You know, we love to get outside, talk to the neighbors, have cookouts, have block parties, you name it. You're out of town. That's great. I'll watch your house. I'll get your mail. Don't worry. I'm watering your pots. Have a great time. I'll hold the fort for you while you're gone. You know, I, I mean, it's just what we do. Um, Hoosiers are described as being very straightforward. You know, we're not mean, but we are truthful with you. We don't play games and we don't beat around the bush. So you ask us an opinion, we're going to tell you. You know, co- business conversations, always professional, always straightforward, always telling you the truth, very honest with people. So, you know, we're ready to help. We're ready to be there for people. You redoing that? Are we redoing the deck this weekend? We redoing the deck next weekend? What are we looking at here? You know, I mean, that's that's what we do. That's who we are. So I know a lot of times people in Indiana, people across the Midwest, it honestly doesn't matter what Midwestern state. They just, you know, they think that, um, you know, we're a bunch of rubes and that we're not very smart and we don't know what's going on. Okay, but we know that that's not true. We know who we are 
And if you think that, okay, you know, I guess whatever, everybody's entitled to to their opinion. But you know, at the end of the day, we were just glad to see you today. Glad to say hello. Hey, how are you doing? Hope you're having a good day. That's that's the Midwest. So we are all guilty of, you know, the the occasional passive aggressiveness. It's I mean, it's just something that's hardwired into who we are. And I'm not saying that we aren't without our crabby, angry, rude, annoyed folks. Um, but on the whole, I would say that, um, yeah, I would say that we are definitely the friendliest region in the country. So, um, okay. So along those lines, <clears throat> before we get to the fun corn facts for this week, I just, I mean, I have just this quick, quick passive aggressive pet peeve. All right. Could we just slow the Christmas roll a little bit I know for myself and a lot of my Midwestern connections around here, friends, family, whatnot, don't get us wrong. We love Christmas as much as much as the next people. Like we love that time of year. But wouldn't it just be appropriate to take some time since it's November and it's the Thanksgiving season to reflect on how truly blessed and fortunate we all are? Because really, when you think about it, we are. Um, I'm just saying, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer playing in the grocery store, music playlist on November the 3rd. I just, I feel like that's a bit much. <laughs> it's, this is a special time of year, and I just think that we should take the time, slow down like they do in Michigan, and just enjoy it, right? Okay. All right. That's That was my passive-aggressive thing, which really wasn't all that passive aggressive at all. I just kind of came out and said it. Okay. Uh, I have a couple of fun corn facts for you this week. So literally last Tuesday, Halloween day, as I'm getting ready in a flurry to hand out, um, candy to the kids in our neighborhood, which by the way, can I just tell you, mother nature is so laughing at us right now because this time last week I was putting on base layer, my jeans, my wool socks, my boots, my hat, scarf, gloves, you name it. I was ready to bundle up and get out there and hand out this candy because, um, I mean, I don't know if you saw the pictures from the news, but I mean, like Michigan got like some decent, decent snow. I mean, it looks like there were some areas that got four to six inches of snow on Halloween. Um, other areas down here, kind of like in the Midwest tradition, you know, the snowflakes flew. I, I had friends who were like 10 minutes from me that had a couple of really decent snow squalls while they were handing out candy, which was really, really weird doesn't really do that around here. And then uh, at my house, we just had, we had a lot of wind and it was really cold, um, but we only had like, you know, 10 random snowflakes. But um, anyway, so, uh, but so as I'm doing all this prepping, I got my hot tea going to keep me warm out there. I'm getting all bundled up, ready to greet the little trick or treaters who are all going to be bundled up in their winter gear too. Uh, I saw this news story about, and it was quite clear. It was really cute. It was about, you know, love candy corn or hate candy corn, which we kind of talked about. You know, there's like two camps. It's pretty divided. Um, but anyway, I learned in this because I didn't really research this for your corn fact last week. I just told you that candy corn was made with corn syrup. And 
Um, but I learned a little bit more about it because of this news piece. And uh, it turns out while it was actually invented by a man named George Renninger, who actually created it in the late 1880s when he was working for a candy company in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It actually does have a Midwest connection because in 1898, the Golitz Candy Company that is uh, that was in Cincinnati, Ohio, got the recipe and started marketing candy corn as, quote unquote, chicken feed. They called it chicken feed. And it was called chicken feed because before World War I, America really didn't think of corn as food that people would eat. I think it was mostly seen as feed for animals. And so also kind of surprising in there was it wasn't a Halloween candy at all, even when it was come up, when it was first developed um, and created. It was actually more connected to Christmas, which is interesting because I wouldn't have thought as, of candy corn as being a Christmas time treat. Um, but when you think about it, actually, because I was thinking about this as I was reading it, I think you can get Christmas colored candy corn. They just changed the candy corn to you know, green, red, and white. So anyway, yeah, uh, go figure. Anyway, it didn't become part of the Halloween candy lineup until the 1950s. And back then in the 1950s, a pound of candy corn cost 50 cents. So there you go. Now you know more about candy corn than you probably ever wanted to. Okay. But the other fun corn fact that I have for you comes from Fact Retriever, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure this is actually like a fun corn fact, but since it is the season of Thanksgiving, I thought it would be fun to share with you kind of a historical reference of corn in the Americas. And it is, corn is uniquely like the Americas, like South America in, and here in the United States region of the Americas. So there were three Native Americans, um, Kemps and Kim Sock, who were both uh, from the Powhatan tribe, and Squanto, who is probably the most famous um, for helping during the colonial era. He was from the Patunxic tribe, and they taught colonial New Englanders how to grow and use corn. So from the beginnings, I mean, just think about like, from those beginnings when, you know, the colonies were first starting here in the United States to where we are now and how many different products and things, I mean, just the, I mean, it's just crazy, the variety of things that corn is used to produce, to feed, um, what have you. It's pretty amazing. So there you go. This week's corn information. Okay, that about does it for this week's episode. It's kind of a short one this week. Thanks for listening. And remember, while there is so much more happening throughout the Midwest, it's our farmers and farm families who feed us all, and we appreciate everything that they do. I hope everyone has a great week. And if you like today's episode, please feel free to send me a, me a message at the website, morethancornpodcast.com. While you're there, you can check out the blog and past episodes. Also, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe leave me a little review there. I would love to hear from you. Also, 
check out Facebook and Instagram because we're there too. Thanks again for joining me. Bye now.